Hangzhou, once served as the capital of China's Southern Song Dynasty in the 12th century, was traditionally hailed as one of the most beautiful cities in China. Hundreds of years later, the city still attracts millions of tourists every year and is nowadays the home for many high-profile tech firms, such as e-commerce giant Alibaba. Without a doubt, this has set an example of how China's rich history can still live on in a modern city with an innovative economy. While Hangzhou may not have as large an expat population as some other Chinese cities, it has drawn many especially those working in the tech and commerce sectors, to work and live here, and thus blend into the city's diverse and multicultural atmosphere. I would say, you know, all expats have their stories, you know. So my story uh, was that I enjoyed being in Hangzhou. I feel it's my home. Same, I call myself Shin Hangzhou Ren. Meet Regini Agarwal who refers to herself as a Shin Hangzhou Ren, literally meaning the new Hangzhou local. Yeah, my name is Rajni. Uh, I am Indian, living in Hangzhou for more than 20 years now. I am one of the few expats who saw Hangzhou changing, you know. The Shin Hangzhou Ren word only comes when you actually love the city, when you love the country. I'm happy to be here, yeah. <laughs> no? Sitting in the Indian restaurant that she runs and co-owns here in Hangzhou, Rajni talks like a local and chats with me about what it's like for her to make a living here. Though geographically speaking, we're just a few kilometers away from the Shishi National Wetland Park, which is a Hangzhou-based natural scenery rich in cultural heritage thousands of years old, it almost strikes me as if I have, instead, relocated to a chic restaurant in New Delhi with the smell of delicious spices and Indian-style music weaving through the air. And Rajni, dressing up in a full pink and golden sari, also wears a bindi in between her eyebrows, a decorative red mark on the forehead that couldn't be more iconic for Hindu ladies. But unlike a stereotypical Bollywood movie star image that you might be expect of her, Rajni actually keeps a short and clean-cut hairstyle with a brisk and spirited look upon her warm and glowing smile. I left India in 2001 and since 2005 I'm in Hangzhou. But I started traveling to Hangzhou, I think in 2002. I have a relationship with Hangzhou, you know. So it becomes clear that after nearly 20 years, almost half of her lifetime spent in this city, Rajni's bond with Hangzhou has become part of her identity now. This only leads to my next question, which is a big why. Why did she want to settle down in Hangzhou? And what motivated her to stick around? So she begins by sharing with me that what kicked off this whole journey for her was actually a job opportunity. Me and my husband, we both are textile engineers. So he got a job uh, with a Hong Kong-based company. Then when we were in Hong Kong, then we started our own business. We were doing a lot of silk from Hangzhou. We have our own textile trading company. So the idea, the first point to move from India to China was a job. 
but since 2005 until 2023 we are living in Hangzhou because we have our own business here yeah and with their textile business growing steadily year by year Rajini and her husband decided to settle down in Hangzhou in the mid 2000s and soon built a happy family here we have two children now so my daughter is born in Hong Kong now she's big like 19 years old she studies in uh, university of hong kong so i have a son which, who is 14 years old but my son is born in shanghai because he, when he was born in 2009 hangzhou there were not many uh, international hospitals where i felt you know the doctor can speak english and so i chose shanghai at that time but not anymore now no need to go to shanghai no need to go to hong kong now everything is in hangzhou rajini confesses that 20 years ago Going to see the doctors here was not really a pleasant experience for her. You know, of course the language was a big barrier, you know. Of course I I knew how to speak Chinese, but that time there was no WeChat translator, you know. So it even the difficult things if you are trying to explain in Chinese, it was not that easy. So that part was difficult when I felt like oh my god I'm lost. You know, I want some doctor who can speak English and I don't have to go to Shanghai or I don't have to go to uh, Hong Kong. I wanted somebody here. Uh, that time was a little difficult but not difficult anymore i think now it's easy so when did you feel things in hangzhou had changed for the better when did i feel hangzhou changed i would say since 2010 you know since 2010 i started to feel the changes yes when uh, g20 happened in 2016 oh since then i think hangzhou is on a on a rush yeah and now asian games of course we have all the big hospitals have the international clinics everybody speaks english so it's not what it was 20 years back hearing this i just can't help but nodding and agreeing around the same time rajni mentions china's high speed railway started to run between shanghai and hangzhou connecting this growing city with many more destinations outside zhejiang province This has certainly helped boosting local tourism and economic development ever since 2009 to 2010. Then with the G20 summit hosted here in 2016, plus the ongoing 19th Asian Games combining the city's rich history with its status as a bustling economic center, Hangzhou has solidified its position as one of China's most prosperous cities. But before our chat continues, A cup of ginger tea is served by an Indian gentleman whom I later learn is the manager of this restaurant. It tastes like ginger. Joyfully interrupted by the fragrance of the traditional Indian milk tea, therefore, I look around and again indulge in the exotic charm of this restaurant that we're sitting in. It's only around 5 p.m. in the afternoon and It's still too early for the evening peak hour for most restaurants in China. But in here, almost a third of the seats are already occupied and accommodating customers. Later, I learned that while Rajini develops her life and business in Hangzhou, she also encounters other expats making a living here. And of course, with her warm and welcoming nature, it's been very easy for her to make new friends. Not surprisingly, She tells me this restaurant is one of the many fruitful outcomes of a friendship she has developed here in Hangzhou. Together with another Indian lady whom she met and befriended when she first came here, 
The two of them started their home kitchen-style diner in 2016, which was the predecessor of this restaurant today. There, the two ladies worked their magic as Indian moms and wives and put passion into sharing their best traditional dishes with people from a different nation. You know, we are Indian. So every time we wanted to go out to eat Indian food, of course there were Indian restaurants, but something was missing, you know. And being Indian moms, uh, Indian women, we felt that there's a need of a good Indian restaurant which is fresh, which is bringing, you know, your taste from your home, you know. So it it's more like uh, our own recipes, what our moms used to cook and what we are cooking for our children. She says they started off by renting a tiny place in Hangzhou's Binjiang district, a developing part of this city back when it wasn't super expensive to run businesses there. So first restaurant, it was very very small restaurant. We only had two chefs, only 12 seater. So if there's a rush, my friend used to go in the kitchen to help the chef, and I used to be outside helping to serve. Because I, I think I'm, I'm very good with the numbers and very good with the computers. So it was like, let's do the hard work in the beginning. Let's、uh, people know that this is a restaurant where you are welcome, and you will get good food rather than making it very big and very lavish. For Rajni and her friend, the idea was rather clear ever since the beginning: make it simple and full of love. She says this mindset cut out a lot of stress in maintaining the restaurant during its infancy stage, as both of them intended to keep costs low. And besides the homemade Indian cuisine, the two ladies also studied traditional Middle Eastern recipes and mixed some of their favorite dishes into their Indian restaurant's daily menu. Looking around, I can't help but notice that most of the customers around us are actually Chinese. And the Indian manager, along with a Chinese waitress who's mainly serving at the other side of the restaurant, are walking around swiftly, providing service here and there. I mean, everyone seems to be so well blended into each other's tasks, and regardless of their skin tones or cultural backgrounds, they're all working together to maintain this sense of harmoniousness that's happening right here in this restaurant. Regine says this is a highlight of what they do here, which is to share good food and, more importantly, to bridge connections between different cultures. The idea is why not to share the fresh food, good recipes, because this is our our own recipes, with people here. You know, and I also believe very very strongly that we make friends, we share deep conversation when we are eating together. So it, I would say, sharing Indian culture. With、uh, with people in Hangzhou, but more than culture, it's like a place to build relationship, to build friendships. Yeah. Because also important now, because ultimately we are not just serving to Indians. You know, we are making a connection with local community. So when somebody comes who doesn't know the Indian words, who doesn't know English, oh, definitely we need our Amy. She's such a good help. Yeah. Amy. <laughs> Amy. Yeah. Yeah. Waving to the waitress at the other side, Rajni introduces Amy to me, a quiet Chinese lady who blushes quite a bit as we briefly chat about her work here. I've been working here for three years. I think Miss Rajni is a very kind person. 
She's like a mother to the whole crew. So I gradually adapted to my work here and grew fond of it. Now I'm mainly catering tables out here and sometimes help out inside the kitchen too. Amy says that her communication with Rajini is mainly in Chinese, but she does now understand some basic Indian words as well. Yeah, I could speak just a little bit. Like Namaste is what we say to greet each other in the morning, and I also know a few simple words for referring to old people, like Daddy and Dada, which are ways to refer to someone's grandma and grandpa. But before we could continue on, Amy is summoned to help with carrying a tray from the kitchen. So Rajini suggests that I talk to the Indian manager at the cashier desk. Yes, yes, yes. He's a very, very good guy, and very, very good at his work. Yeah. May I ask what's your name, sir?、Uh, my name is Raj.、Uh, working here five years almost. Five years. Yeah. His name Raj is actually a shortened version of his full name to make it easier for people to call him for help. Similar to Rajini, Raj has also spent years in China, working and traveling in different cities. In China, almost 11 years. Five years in Hangzhou, four years in Beijing, and a few months in Chengdu, Ningbo, Shanghai, and Shenzhen, Guangzhou, Zhongshan, Zhuhai. Is many places. I'm like, wow! This guy has been to more Chinese cities than many Chinese people ever have. And no wonder he can now cater to the customers in fluent Chinese. Now I am used to is many Chinese people. They are just talking with me, and they say you look like an Indian. But if you talking with Chinese, so he's talking like a Chinese people. Because some Chinese people they still little bit afraid to talk with foreigners, because they thinking is English is not good. So when I talking in Chinese language, it's very easily to communicate with them. And do you see yourself keep on working here with Miss Rajini? Yeah, of course, I will working with her. <laughs> we are we are not letting him go. <laughs> Thank you so much. And in the end, we kind of have to let Amy and Raj get back to work, as the restaurant is now getting crowded with Chinese and Indian customers. In the meantime, Rajini and I continued on with our chat about how she and her good friend put their restaurant together piece by piece. Both of them are self-made entrepreneurs who now run the businesses based upon their close bond with each other. To them, attending to the businesses is now part of their lives, and the restaurant crew are just like family, combining members from both countries. Our business is a part of us, you know. Our friendship is the main part. So I think we are very dependent on each other. We live also in the same area, so most of the time we come together in the morning. We stay here for two, three hours, then we go back, then we come back like after one day or two days. So it's more like togetherness. So the team, the chefs, everybody's Indian, but the chef who helps them is Chinese, and now the Chinese people also know all the Indian names, you know. Among their restaurant staff. Rajini says 60% are Indian, since they would still require chefs from home to cook the main dishes while teaching their recipes to the Chinese chef. But these days, it feels no difference for her to work with people from either country now that she has a better Chinese vocabulary and convenient translation tools at hand. And of course, their efforts have paid off. Just a few weeks ago, before I come for a visit. 
Their restaurant was recognized as one of the top 10 recommended restaurants in 2023 by the Commerce Bureau of Hangzhou Binjiang District. Both Rajni and her friend, however, choose not to let the title go into their heads. Instead, in a celebrative post on social media, Rajni types that she is humbled by this recognition and intends to remain passionate about sharing this culinary journey with people from all four corners of the world. Rajni is an early riser. She wakes at around 5:30 a.m. every morning, and sometimes has morning video chats with groups of young people from around the globe. Accredited by the International Coaching Federation, she is constantly hosting online educational sessions or participating in public talks that encourage self-growth and self-love among the younger generations. So I really want uh, to talk to more people, more young generation, you know, and discuss with them that if they have something which is bothering them, like just be there with them, just listen to them. So when we know who we are, you know, I think life becomes little easy, and sometimes you just need somebody who can guide you to find you. And while she chats with young people, Rajni tends to be very open about her own roller coaster-like journey. Growing up in a small city in India, moving to a completely new country in her twenties, then strive to make a living there, and then there are moments of loss, pain, sorrow of being so far away from home, and all that made her who she is today. And now, Rajni says it's time for her to share the lessons with whomsoever that's experiencing the same. That was the time I was. Connecting more to myself and more to my dreams, what I wanted to do, and the dream to share my knowledge or to share my experience or to share my journey—that was that came that came out very very strongly. You know, I felt like that I had lived long life where I was living for myself. You know, now the time is let me share my life with others. To Rajni. Education and social welfare are heartfelt topics outside of her daily works. In the meantime, she and her business partners have also been actively raising funds for several Hangzhou-based charity events over the past few years. Together, they've been hosting annual charity galas that support education in orphanages as well as welfare for the migrant workers. Of course, it's natural for people to spend money on things that bring them happiness, and out of the very same reason, Rajni, along with many good friends, colleagues, and business partners around her, hope that their efforts will encourage more to share some love, kindness, and compassion to those that need it the most. So the idea is、uh, share this money with people who need it more. You know, sometimes we all have money, but we do not even know whom to sponsor. You know, where to give that money. So this time we are、uh, supporting the education as well as the migrant workers, which is something very close to me, and I'm happy. I feel I'm contributing something to people's life. You know, turning 50 next year, Rajni says she is at the phase of her life. Where she wants to continue staying connected and give back to the local community as a new Hangzhou local. More importantly, 
I felt it home. I felt it safe. And you know, I always say I call myself now Shin Hangzhou Run. I have seen Hangzhou since 2005 to 2023. So the journey has been beautiful, fulfilling, loving. See, I said everybody has stories. I am lucky that I am the chosen one to share my story with you. With that, we conclude this episode of Footprints. I'm Yu Shan. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in hearing more about the lives of ordinary but incredible people in China, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Just key in Footprints, and you can find more stories anytime, anywhere. We'll see you next time.